G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, I always enjoy a catch-up with Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, on a Thursday with some really insightful and deeper commentary when it comes to the issues that are unfolding around the nation. We're often uh, just hungry for some good, sound Christian commentary when it comes to the issues we're facing. And Ashley Saunders, always a pleasure. Welcome back to 2020 Today. Uh, Good morning, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Ashley, I know you've been across a number of issues, and at this time, with the remainder of the year and perhaps even into early next year, the looming necessity for another federal election, and there are parties that are already working on their platform. Uh, One of those issues that's come from the Greens, uh, the Greens' proposal to scrap the Lord's Prayer in Parliament, referring to it as archaic, You've been following along. They're manoeuvring here. What's the story? Well, the Greens want to uh, remove what they say is an archaic prayer. They take the view that uh, Australia as a secular nation should not uh, have its uh, Senate and House of Reps uh, started with a a daily prayer. And um, uh, even the language that they use, that the, the Lord's Prayer is somehow archaic. So not just an objection to a Christian prayer, but an objection to what they say is the archaic nature of it. And um, uh, we very clearly take the view at Family Voice, and I think uh, the vast majority, if not all of your listeners, would take the view that it's really important for MPs to start uh, the day in prayer as it, I guess, humbles them, recognises that even though they are in an exalted and privileged position that we've put them in as our representatives, that they fulfil their duties under God. And let's also remember that the Constitution of Australia um, starts with the words, humbly relying on the blessings of Almighty God. And so it really is important to continue um, with um, a recognition of human frailty, a recognition that parliamentarians operate under God, and uh, also um, calling on the blessing of Almighty God in a manner that is both consistent with our Constitution and uh, a reminder about the Christian basis of our laws, our customs and our values. Interestingly, Ashley Saunders, when I reflect on this, and if you ever listen into the parliamentary coverage, which uh, is in most states around Australia, when the prayer is prayed, the Lord's Prayer, it's a matter of rattling through that fairly quickly. Uh, But as you say, it's not necessarily that everyone will hang on every word every day that it's prayed, but the fact that it is prayed is a powerful reminder of some of these foundations that we have in Australia. Yeah, politicians can get the impression that they are the boss and they can get the impression that they're running the show and in a human sense they often are. But uh, as we know from scripture that uh, governments are accountable to God and the role of government 
is to punish wrong and to reward good, um, and that all political and governmental leaders do so in a position um, where they themselves are also serving the purposes of God in the land. Okay, another issue, let's cast our vision across the seas because there's been a huge conference on, the Global Anglican Future Conference, GAFCON for short. Uh, They've been meeting in Jerusalem and the conference is very significant. It's very significant because uh, even though there are some aspects of the the Anglican Church who want to, uh, I guess, sideline them or, or denigrate them as a a one issue or divisive people this is a group of people almost 2,000 representatives met in Jerusalem from 50 countries it included over 300 bishops and nearly 700 other clergy and what they've done is they've gathered together and they are calling on the Anglican communion worldwide to restore itself to ensure that it remains faithful to biblical revelation, to um, stand against the attacks that they recognise are coming not only from without, from within. Um, that they identified something that they've called the theological revisionists, uh, who are seeking to recast the gospel to accommodate the surrounding culture. And what they say about it, and let me quote from their letter to the churches, they say, this results in a seductive syncretism that denies the uniqueness of Christ, the seriousness of sin, the need for repentance, and the final authority of the Bible. And those are very strong words. And uh, in this gathering, as they lament the failure of leadership in churches to address issues that are threats to the gospel, they call on the Anglican Worldwide Communion to resist uh, those forces, to reject the so-called leadership of those who would take the church away from the direction of biblical revelation, and particularly they call on teaching about human sexuality that conforms to biblical teaching. They've gone so far as to do this. In advance of the Lambeth Conference in 2020, they're calling on the Archbishop to not invite those representatives of Anglican communions around the world that have compromised on a biblical view of human sexuality and marriage and family. And they've even gone so far as to say, Archbishop, if you do not um, take heed of our call, if you in fact invite those people, we're going to encourage our people not to go. That's how strongly they feel about the importance of uh, the Anglican Church remaining faithful uh, to its biblical roots. And interestingly, business people understand very clearly this concept of mission drift, the idea that if you don't come back to what your strategy is in the first place and continue to reaffirm that, then you risk this idea of drifting away from what your original intentions were. And the same thing works, doesn't it, for the church and even in a bigger scale because with thousands of years' history, we've got this potential for drifting off course. But it's meetings like this one that the Anglicans are having that that keep you on course. What are your thoughts on, on just keeping on course? And it's not just for Anglicans, but perhaps for for uh, all the denominations and for even local churches to make sure that they're not drifting off their mission. Every now and then it's important to take stock to say, are we keeping faithful to the mission? And remembering that the mission is not our mission. It's the mission that Christ gave to his church. And I think it's a real privilege that uh, the God of the universe would entrust his message to 
um, us humans. And so we need to take stock on a regular basis and to say, are we keeping faith with uh, that which has been entrusted to us? I remember when I was pastoring a church in Sydney some years ago, we had one of those signs out on the main road. And uh, this particular sign um, received uh, good publicity in the local newspaper because the sign simply said this, under the same ownership for the last 2,000 years. At a, at a time when businesses are willing to put up signs that say, new ownership, new ownership, new management, what we were saying was um, the people who are involved in the local church will change from time to time, but the owner remains Christ. And it's up to us to ensure that we are faithful to his word and faithful to his teaching. Powerful insight, Ashley Saunders. Another issue that's closer to home, and let's get a little bit of a, an insight from you as to what's going on in Tasmania, because the Hobart Lord Mayor has been under some intense pressure over the past few days. Uh, some comments that he's made about tourism numbers and the idea that those numbers might actually kill the city of Hobart. Now, I don't know whether that's the right context because his comments are made in light of the Dark Mofo Festival and there's been a huge controversy over the occult themes of this festival and it perhaps is along the lines of Hobart and Tasmania attracting the wrong sort of crowd. What are your thoughts on what's been unfolding in Hobart? The festival known as Dark Mofo is getting darker and darker and there have been criticisms uh, over the last couple of years about the increasingly dark nature of it. Uh, for example, last year's program uh, included blood sacrifices, mock crucifixions and blood drinking, all in the name of art, believe, believe it or not. Uh, this year, in the name of art, uh, there was a fellow who was buried underneath the road. I mean, to what extent is that art? Uh, but, um, but on a very serious note, one of the things that's happened um, that is alarming is uh, this year's emphasis on very high, significant, red, lit, upside-down crosses. Um, this is clearly intended to offend and to mock the Christian faith. Remember, this is the state where a bishop was taken before the anti-discrimination tribunal um, because he caused offence when he defended the biblical view of marriage. It's the state where a minister of a local church has been taken to the anti-discrimination tribunal for defending a biblical view of marriage. And yet it's okay for people to deliberately mock the Christian faith. Uh, can you imagine what would happen if uh, a Christian group of people, uh, whether in Hobart or any other state for that matter, took a symbol that was sacred to Islam and deliberately portrayed it in a way that mocked it. Um, we, we would never hear the end of it. The Christians who are responsible for that would be lambasted, and in my view, rightly so. It is legitimate to discuss, legitimate to debate. It is not legitimate to take symbols and to de deliberately mock um, the symbol and the people who hold to that faith. This is a very disturbing development and uh, uh, it is at any wonder that the display of these enormous lit up upside down crosses has led to a petition, uh, as I understand it, uh, with at this stage over 18,000 signatures. 
And Ashley Saunders, it seems to be a two-speed argument or controversy here too because you've got business and tourism leaders who are worried about numbers falling and the idea of killing the city if you stop the tourists coming. But the reason why this outspokenness against the festival uh, is happening is because of these darker dimensions to it, and I wonder whether you've got any thoughts about uh, where people might be when they're when they're talking about these things, because it gets very confusing when you're arguing one thing, but on the other side, there's this whole dark festival thing, which is clearly the thing that is the most concern. Yeah, when Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, he gave some very wise advice. And he said that what we should be doing is thinking upon things that are wholesome and right and good and proper and true. They're the things that uplift. And I've got to say that whether or not you adhere to the Christian faith, whether or not you're a follower of Jesus, it is good advice for all people that we need to focus on those things that are good and right and true. We need to, I guess, gather together and become unified around those things that are uplifting and building up uh, people and encouraging people, this is um, deliberately divisive, deliberately offensive, and it's the sort of thing that uh, is going to attract more and more people who are open uh, to the darkness of the festival, and it will increasingly alienate people who in fact think of Hobart and want to think of Hobart as a place that is uh, beautiful uh, in its creation and uh, warm in its hospitality. So a little honour to the Tasmanian Anglican Bishop Richard Condy, who described what's happening there in Tasmania. He's called this festival state-sanctioned blasphemy. And you've got the Lord Mayor. The Lord Mayor's name is Ron Christie. Uh, What's your encouragement to Tasmanians, perhaps uh, to send a note to Ron Christie expressing their thoughts? Uh, I'd encourage Tasmanians to write to the Lord Mayor and to encourage him in his attempt to ensure that the sorts of tourist events that Hobart holds are those that are unifying, not divisive. And I'd encourage people to um, pray for and to give thanks for the Anglican Bishop, Richard Condal. Um, He has described... These, the, the, these upside-down crosses as state-sanctioned blasphemy, and it really is. And um, the fact that Australia does not hold to a particular denomination, the fact that Australia um, is secular in the traditional sense of secular, not secular as opposed to faith, but secular in the sense of adhering to no particular version uh, of the faith, uh, we need to ensure that um, that we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, to use that analogy, because um, to to actually state-sanction this kind of, can I call it evil and corrupted material and nature, um, is sending um, Hobart, sending Tasmania, and reflecting on Australia in a very negative way. Well, Ashley Saunders, great insight as usual. I'll point people to the Family Voice Australia website, fava.org.au. Ashley Saunders is National Director of Family Voice Australia. Ashley, thanks so much for your thoughts once again today on 2020. Uh, You're welcome, Neil. It's good morning to you and to your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.